This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Kevin Fuller is the founder of the nonprofit Joga Soccer Club and currently spends half of his time in Europe helping and working with American players who are trying to make it abroad. Kefren is also the host of the Wannabe Ballers podcast. On their show, Kefren and his co-host James Myers expose listeners to a different perspective and share their opinions about soccer from a different lens. The show is largely based off of their experiences as players and coaches, but also the experiences of players that they have and continue to work with. And to be blunt, Kef and James tell you the shit that you simply will not hear in the suburbs. Kefren recently invited Gary Kleiben on as a guest for a mini-series of his podcast that they are titling Get Out. The idea behind this mini-series is to encourage players and coaches that are serious about trying to make it as a top, top-level player or coach to get out of this country and go educate yourself about what it really takes to make it. So this episode of the 343 Podcast is actually just the audio from Kefren's conversation with Gary. With his permission, we are providing this for you here on 343coaching.com as another resource for you to consider when evaluating your own soccer environment here in America. During this episode, Kef and Gary discuss the fact that we are a smarter soccer nation than we were 10 years ago, but the fact that we are still so far behind. They also discuss the fact that we are one of the wealthiest soccer markets in the world and how other nations are tapping into our dollars. And they also discuss the fact that we have a soft soccer culture and the rest of the world is dog eat dog. There are some essential lessons in this episode from two people with extensive working knowledge of the global soccer market. So you need to make a decision right now. If you know that you are soft, Check your feelings at the door, because this is a dose of real talk that American soccer so desperately needs more of, instead of being spoon-fed, feel-good, PR bullshit. I'm serious. Turn back now if you do not think that you can handle it. You are about to leave the soft American soccer world filled with fluffy clouds and rainbows, and you are about to enter the reality of global football where only the strongest and the smartest survive. So I hope you are ready for it. Before we start, I want to mention that links to Kevin's work in some previous episodes with him and with Gary are all provided in the write-up of this podcast on 343coaching.com. And also remind you that the 343 podcast is brought to you by the 343 Coaching Education Program. 343 offers the only proven coaching methodology that provides you with an extensive library of real training and real game footage. It is a simple yet powerful online course that can help you maximize your time with your teams and accelerate your coaching education by teaching you the things that actually matter. You can find more information about the 343 Coaching Membership by visiting 343coaching.com. All right. Uh, with all of that said, I hope that you guys are ready for this, and I hope that you enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Kevin Fuller and Gary Kleiben.
Hey guys, hey, um, hey, just wanted to jump straight into the the podcast. Uh, actually, last night um, with Gary Cleveland here of Three Four Three, we actually had a very very dope podcast. But uh, uh, SoundCloud uh, decided to piss me off and and not uh, upload it. So we're gonna try to jump in, jump back into this, and uh, and give you guys some of the. Uh, the flavor and some of the uh, the knowledge that uh, Gary dropped on us uh, last night. But uh, first off, hey Gary, welcome, man. Thank you for uh, jumping back on with me. So with such short notice, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, dude. This technology stuff always uh, screws up once in a while, right? Or we screw it up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Learning process, right? Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's interesting. It's uh. Yeah, but either way, man, it's a it's a good learning process, and uh, and, and it's good to to have you back. So, now uh, thanks, man, for being available. Sure, sure. Fire away, man. What are we gonna talk about? Yeah, man. So I guess we'll just go really quickly over some. Uh, you know, we'll jump back in a little bit of the conversation we had. Um, just to let you guys know, we we we're doing like this mini series called Get Out, which is kind of like a play on the movie uh, Get Out. Uh, and and the focus is on just America's uh, American soccer in general. Um, everyone involved needs to kind of we feel needs to get out and see what the global game is about, and 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 really and truly, um, uh, there's nobody better that we think and we can start with this type of uh, podcast as in three four three. Just quick background. Uh, on our relationship, uh, like I said, with Gary and uh, and with three four three and, and their uh, blog, we met back in uh, digitally back in like two thousand eleven. Started reading the blog, uh, got put on by a parent, you know, who said, "Hey, Kef, this this, this is a blog that sounds, uh, you know, sounds like a lot of things you've been saying about U.S. soccer, uh, about how we need to change and how we're not up to the global standard." And 343, in my opinion, has set out to uh, it set out to you know not only change the game, but it's like um, the the I think they're the, the the standard bearer for for what U.S. soccer should be aiming and aspire to. So, you know, just you know, without further ado, I guess Gary, if you want to say a little bit about yourself real quick, that'll be good, man. Yeah, sure, sure. So. I was born and raised in Southern California. My parents and all my extended family are from Argentina. Uh, and, and Kev, you know how us Argentines get down with the soccer, right? With mm-hmm. the football. Uh, so, so it's kind of like in the blood, right? Yep. I've, I've been playing the game, watching, analyzing, deconstructing, reconstructing uh, this sport since I was able to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm an old geezer, you know, I'm 40. Yeah. So, so, so it's it's been a long process, but yeah. you know I've learned a lot, and and you know in 2009, I started writing you know some of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. uh, throughout my youth and my playing days and my coaching days and et cetera et cetera, and I got to know a lot of people, man, like yourself included, uh, and then at some point this whole thing turned into a business, right? So we're mm-hmm. we're we're into coaching education at the moment. And soon we're going to be into uh, player education. Okay. But uh, but yeah, man, like it, it's 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 been a wild ride, and 
and thanks for having me. Hopefully, I can you know provide you know a little bit of a, a glimpse into what I see in the game to to your audience, man. No, definitely, definitely not. Thank you, man. And you know, um, it's crazy for us because you know we we uh, obviously last night we had a lot of we were able to jump into it. So it's like you know we're here doing this second uh, the second play by play here, and uh, you know what would you say? Since, since since you started in 2009, what would you say has changed, has improved, not improved um, in terms of the mentality or the education of the, 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 the U.S. market, you know, players, parents, pundits, whatever, media? Have you, th- have you seen anything in your opinion? Um, no, I think, I think we are a little bit more educated uh, okay. than we were, you know, nine years ago. Okay. Uh, and, and what I mean by that, I don't. I, I'm not so sure the entire mainstream is. Okay. You, you know, much better, but there are there are more and more pockets uh, of people who are really thirsty for knowledge. Uh, and and yeah, man, I think I think we're a smarter soccer nation uh, since we kind of started online in 2009, and I think a lot of that has to do with. With the internet, right? Yep. Being able to write articles and uh, the advent of social media, being able to connect with one another a lot better, and and the dissemination of information is a lot, you know, smoother nowadays. So so it's helped, but at the same time, Kevin, we have a long way to go, right? If yeah. we're going to compare, you know, our education and our knowledge to to what it's like overseas man we still have got a long way to go baby yeah 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 i mean i mean i i, I it's almost like a double-edged sword like there's more information out there so maybe people think they know more yeah. rather than know it's, it's dangerous you learn a, you you learn a little bit and all of a sudden you, yeah, yeah you yeah I, I get i get where you're coming from man like uh, what's that expression you know you know enough uh, to be dangerous or something with the, some I don't know I don't remember how the expression goes but I think I feel where you're coming from right like yeah you might be listen you might be listening to to sources that maybe you know um, uh, <laughs> yeah aren't that great yeah 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 that, you know too much information and it, it's just like uh, people got to learn how to curate their their information and maybe that's maybe that's a little bit uh that needs to be going on like you know and i guess that that kind of leads into like really understanding like someone's player value worldwide it's something that i think uh you know you had a very interesting exchange on this past week uh then me and you talked a little bit about it offline but you know uh just to give you guys a little bit of a uh um background really quick uh on this past week the usa play colombia um we which we still do not have a, a national team head coach um but i guess they're you know they're they're taking their time with the or they can't find a viable candidate but um i you know hearing the reports from the game i didn't get a chance to watch it i'm here in the netherlands but hearing reports of the game i heard we were totally outclassed and uh, it was a different level and uh and Gary you you kind of said hey like via Twitter that you know in the global context our players are still nobodies and that that kind of touched people's nerve a little bit and, and 
yeah, people got a little bit uh, upset and, and whatnot. So I don't know, man. I want you to fire away at that one. I think that was a that was a good uh, that's that's a good uh, uh, segue into like get out, you know. So sure. What do you think sure. so much so, about that? Yeah, there, well, there, there's there's been this uh, uh, recent exodus of a whole bunch of uh, American players mm-hmm. to go play in Europe, um, much more than in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by the exodus, I mean you know the young guns, the mm-hmm. the, the 17, 18, 19 year olds who you know are just now turning professional, mm-hmm. and they're opting to go overseas instead of staying here in the United States to apply their trade. Yep. Uh, so so there's been a magnifying glass on you know all these players who've gone overseas and kind of like how they're doing. You know what I mean? And yep. so there's this there's this wild I call it wild, wild optimism for the future of American soccer, as yep. if these players are are somebodies, right? Like, yep. oh my God, look who's overseas! They're 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 gonna kill it. They are yep. killing it. Yeah. And, and now it's gonna revolutionize the American game. And and I I'm, I'm just trying to pump the brakes a little bit on people, right? Because you know I've been overseas, and like I said, I've been a student of the game for forever. I'm trying to pump the brakes by saying, listen, guys, hold up. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Every, you know, absolutely players should go seek the highest level competition because they will get better. But all of our players at this point are still nobodies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I tagged on the line that, you know, Christian Pulisic as well, you know. Yep. Um, and, that, and, that's, and I think that really pinched a nerve yep. to a lot of uh, American soccer fans. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they see Pulisic as like this golden boy. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, and, and they put him on a pedestal uh, to the point where it's not reality based. You know, yeah. yes, very good player, 20 years old, has, you know, two full seasons at Borussia Dortmund, one of the best uh, clubs in the world under his belt, played a lot. You know, he scored four or five goals, you know. In each of those seasons, same with yep. assists, four or five assists, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fantastic, you know, for a 19, 19 year old, uh, now 20 year old player. But uh, I, I'm just trying to tell people listen, chill. Well, you know how many players put up those numbers? You know how many players, you know, are overseas yep. doing that? Yeah. And you don't even know their names. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So yep. the same is true with Christian. You know, if, if you go to South America too, you know, where my parents are from Argentina or if I go to Brazil, Paraguay, Peru or Chile or Colombia or Uruguay or whatever. And I say I drop the word Christian Pulisic in a restaurant or, or even to, you know, uh, practitioners, coaches or administrators. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who the hell are you talking about, dude? I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And the same thing actually in Europe. If I go to France or Italy or Belgium, which I was there this past summer and say, hey, hey, you what do you think of Christian Pulisic? They'll be like, who? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think people need to get, acquire this sort of global context to really understand and appreciate, you know, what we're up against globally. Yep. Uh, and, and that we're, we're not, we're not quite there yet, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, we're, we're making little strides. Yeah. And again, nothing against the player, nothing against Christian or any of these guys. It's freaking awesome, dude. I admire <laughs> them, you know, yeah. Brilliant, they're doing well, but my point was more towards the American public, right? The American media, the American fan base, to to, to educate them, and they didn't like it. Yeah, but it, but that that leads into what we've been talking about is like 
when you, you get over and you get to see what the, the real market is, the player value and, and, and how you're rated. And, and something that we talked about last night was, you know, I think uh, uh, I think Christian and, and all the other players coming over, Weston McKinney, Sargent, Wea, all these guys who are now over. I think obviously they've had to fight that stigma of being American. Um but we also mentioned last night that if you do make it and then you have some some media and, and markability about you that that can relate to America, you do get that little bit of that American premium, too. You know, it kind of rubs off on you. And I think obviously that, uh, you know, if, if I think if Christian was uh, uh, Croatian, just pure Croatian uh, playing for uh, for Croatia, um, we don't know if the value is that high. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But um, the thing is, is that it, 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 we were talking last night, like it's 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 almost like if you are able to prove that you can play at that level like Christian has as an American, it, it even ups your market even more, you know. Um, and so we just have to be careful because, like I said, a lot of the people that are talking like, you know, when you when you mention like a Charlie Mazunda, people will be like, who? Like, you know. Uh, if you mention Edna and Janazai, like people are like, who like maybe they say, oh, remember that, those uh, maybe that one and a half years at, at United or, you know, I remember Macheta when he scored for United a couple goals and they thought they had the next big whatever striker. And, and you know, pretty much a lot of people have come through and, and not hit those heights that they thought they were going to hit. And and I, and I guess it's and I agree with you. It's like, yo, like, hey understand the whole market and like really what's going down you know what i'm saying like martial from uh, uh who's at united you know like they wrote a ballon d'or clause in his contract when he left uh when he left uh monaco you know so like this guy hasn't lived up to those things and not not saying that he isn't not saying that pulisic can't make it to those those levels but it's like people don't really understand the market and how like how really tough it is you know yeah, there, there, there's two things as I see going on here. One is, you know, when you're a young player in 1920 or whatever, uh, uh, you're, you're full of energy. You you go out there, you show yourself well, and and you know the opposing team doesn't really game plan for you. You yep. know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And then they have this 19 year old kid or 20 year old kid on the wing. Whatever we need to focus on, you know, other players, Obama Yang or Dembele or whoever was was there, you know, to cite last season. Yeah. Um, and they game plan around other players. So that enables, you know, a guy like Christian mm-hmm. or Weston McKinney uh, more liberty and, and more opportunities for success against his opposition because the opposition isn't focused on you, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you start once you start proving yourself that you can actually do quite a, a bit of damage and you're, you're, you're an important piece... Uh, 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 the game plan or the game puzzle, and they start planning for you. Yep. Then we get to see who's real and who who isn't real. So, for example, mm-hmm. if if they wanted a game plan for Pulisic specifically, when when somebody's playing Dortmund, say Wolfsburg's playing Dortmund, right? Yeah. Okay, we want to shut down Christian. You know, let's make sure that we ladder mark him. Let's make sure we're always numbers up. Let's make sure you know whatever, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the game plan is. Okay. When they do that, then we get to see who Christian really is. Yep. He completely disappears from the match. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, or, or not. And yep. I don't think, 
you know, we've reached that stage yet uh, to see what, what the kid is made of. Yep. Um, so that's one. So that's one component. That's why I'm saying everybody needs to chill the fuck out. Yep. The other component is what you touched on, right? Market value. So back in the day, yeah, Americans were looked kind of like down upon, like, oh, what the hell do the Americans know how to play? They don't know how to play. Like, yep. we're not going to pay them. You know, we're not going to pay all this money to get a, an American player. But now, uh, again, kind of with the modern world and distribution of of TV and the internet, etc. Uh, Christian has, has I'm sure, uh, brought in a lot of revenue, directly or indirectly, to Bruce Dortmund and directly or, or indirectly to, to the Bundesliga, right? Yep. Because mm-hmm. they're, tapping, they're tapping the American soccer market, which is one of the biggest soccer markets in the world, one of the wealthiest soccer markets in the world. That's why everybody comes and plays their summer friendlies here and mm-hmm. fills up stadiums. Yep. So, so, so once that happened, all the other Bundesliga uh, teams you know, are saying, hey, nope. wait a second. So not only can the Americans, like, kind of play and they can play in the first division, there's all this economic win, potential economic hey. windfall that we can get if we get ourselves an American on our own team. Hey, and, you know, so, and, yeah. and not to cut you off, Gary, you know what's, you know what's crazy? So one of the first players, um, actually the first player I brought to Europe was in 2011. His name was Christian Rodriguez, and I brought him to FC Groningen. And... After the, I remember the first time, first day I brought him, Groningen was all over me for him. But one of the reasons why that he had, uh, I think, even a better opportunity was that Luis Suarez, another player from Latin descent, had come through FC Groningen. And after uh, Luis Suarez had gone to FC Groningen and gone to Ajax, I remember FC Groningen bought two more Uruguayans after Luis Suarez, right? So it kind of created that kind of like, okay, we hit with Luis, we got to find another Luis Suarez. So it opened up the door there. So I remember Christian came in as a Salvadorian kid. He was on the U14 national team back in the day. He's like 20, uh, 22, 23. I think he's playing USL now. But I remember that, you know, you felt that sentiment where they're like, yeah, Luis Suarez played here. You know, you're doing what you get, you get what, if you feel me a little bit, like it kind of, um, Opened up that market. You get if if you could say like um, the it, people thought they could uh, maybe strike gold twice. You get what I'm saying? A hundred percent. It was just happened again with PS PSV Eindhoven. They have uh, mm-hmm. Chucky Lozano, right? Who's uh, who's Mexican? Who's performing very very well, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden they had success with with him, and now they they signed Richie Ledesma, an 18 year old player who's on the youth national u.s youth national teams yeah. who's also mexican descent so it's it's the same same scenario that you painted it's happening at psv now yep. all of a sudden they want they want mexicans <laughs> yeah i gotta go by the way i gotta go head down to psv man i gotta go check him out man maybe maybe he plays in the uefa youth league and uh get a chance to look at him and and see how he does if they uh if they put him on the roster for that uh uh, well, he'll well he'll get started in January because he turned he okay. turned eighteen, uh, you know, a little bit too late after the summer transfer window. Okay, so he'll get started in January. Okay, uh, no, okay, man. Well, that'd be great to see him. Where, it, it, and and even to say that, like, even going to that UEFA Youth League, like, I don't think people really realize, like, when you look at the level of talents in those things, you know what I'm saying, and that. A lot of the, some of those guys don't get their breakthrough or whatever. Like the talent on display, like it's just 
so hard. And so it's like, you know, I hope that I hope that I hope he breaks through. I hope Christian goes to that next level because I I think Christian's probably itching to go to that next level is where people really see that potential and they like want him to really take that next step. Right. And I think for him, this is a big season because even on his own team, I mean, you got Sancho, you know, who's who's eating up the yeah. media right now, who's coming through heavy. You know, he's got competition. But I, I think Christian, I think but I think it makes him better. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I don't think he would be as soft as some of the people who were about your tweet. Like, I think people I think our, our community, our soccer community is just really soft as hell. And, and they don't really understand, like, you know. Hey, this is a dog eat dog grind thing, you know, like, hey, just man up about it and stop whining, you know, that that's just my opinion on it, you know, um, you know, that's why I felt about your tweet. I saw some people really just whining about it. I'm like, but do you understand? Like, if you really understand the level that's out there, then you're like, OK, like, you know, Vincentius Jr. that everybody like Brazil's like uh, I think Roberto Carlos said he's going to be a superstar or whatever. Even with that, him saying that, like, he's he got a chance to be a superstar. He's still a nobody in Brazilian football. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to have yep. to prove it at the top level. So when he goes to the World Cup, he has to prove it. You know, Neymar has to prove it. Messi has to, like, you. I mean, you said it on yesterday's podcast, the crap that Messi gets, you know? Like, how can anybody this, ever talk this, about him? This, 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 yeah, this is perhaps the, the greatest player of all freaking time. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And his own people, the Argentine people, are blasting him, like absolutely blasting him through the media, blasting him on social, blasting him, you know, criticism up the yin-yang. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the guy who has nothing to prove to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. He's done it all. And, uh, and and then here here I come and just say, oh, you know, Christian is still a nobody. And, oh, my goodness, it, the uproar it created with our soft-ass community. It's, yeah, it's yeah. nuts, dude. It's absolutely <laughs> nuts. Yeah, well, I, no, because if because if, mm-hmm. if if Christian were Argentine, if he were Argentine, like nobody in our, I mean, nobody in Argentina, you know, would have put him on a pedestal like we do here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. and if and if I came out and tweeted that Christian's still a nobody, mm-hmm. and if Christian was Argentine, the Argentine people would be like, yeah, of course, duh, why are you telling us something obvious? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but but you know what? It's because we've never, I mean, like we and we said this yesterday. He's the best, in our opinion, the best U.S. soccer player of all time. And that's an indictment yeah, on yeah. the system. <laughs> that's an indictment on the system. We can't be real. We, listen, honestly, like, I was, we were saying yesterday, it's like, look, this guy can walk into U.S. soccer and just tell him what it is. Like, he has that much power. You know what I'm saying? And they can't really do too much about it. In my opinion, he can walk in and just turn the tables and be like, look, I'm, I'm, I want to do it this way. I want to play this position. I want to do this. I, I, that's the type of power he, he, he wields, in my opinion, because of how poor the pool and how everything is put together. You know what I'm saying? Like every like yep. look, look at qualifying, man. If I were him, I'd be like that, too. You know, remember at the end when they didn't qualify? I mean, I, didn't he have like something crazy, stat, uh, crazy stats throughout CONCACAF? Was it? I don't want to quote it wrong, man. Like, like, I think it was like nine goals or something. It was something insane. Like everything went through him, you know. Um, at age nineteen. At age, at age 19. nineteen. Yeah, age nineteen, where Argentina, uh, regretfully in uh, in in two thousand six, 
I'll never forget Perkerman, uh forgive Perkerman for what he did to uh not putting Messi on, man, when y'all played Germany, man. I, oh, I remember yeah, watching that game. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, yeah, but Messi at that time was still kind of like the up and comer guy, like, you know, the like he was he was a monster at you know, unbelievable, you know. And um yeah, I mean, that's just that's just where we are. Where like I said, at nineteen and and him not making the World Cup, them messing up his money because he didn't make the World Cup, you know, losing to Trinidad and whatnot, like, you know, that's that's where we are. So, it's, you know, for him, yeah, I heard he got a little bit of flack for, like, kind of missing these friendlies. Uh, he missed this one as well, right? He missed the Columbia game, right? Oh, say again, sorry. Oh, uh, one second. Okay, so he's not with the U.S. This international break. Okay, understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of been just taking, like, kind of probably managing his career a little bit better. Like, cause, I mean, he's got to focus on his club game right now, right? Hundred percent. That's yeah. that's what that's what pays the bills, and and his U.S. his U.S. national team spot is secure, like you said already. He's the man. Like, what are they gonna do? Not call him up for meaningful games? Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. They already held against. They already held against the wall with that one. So, nah. I mean, but that's. But people, all we're saying is that, like, let's be realistic. I mean, and we're talking about global context. That's why when we, um, I guess, going into kind of, we all I always kind of we always kind of get from uh, parents and and players um, about going overseas, and, and why we tell people they need to get out is that you know it's to learn to get experience. And to really see, do you got the, do you have the chops to really try to push it and make it at this level? Um, I mean, what would you, what would you say, Gary? Like you, you tell to those who are within you guys' circle or within you guys' uh, um, uh, yeah, within you guys' circle, trying to like really make it to the next level. Like, what are you, what are you guys saying to people? You know that they should be doing. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, I think, I think everybody needs to. To put in effort to get out of or expand their bubble, right? And and that even, I mean, Kev, it even happens domestically, right? So mm -hmm. so I'll give you an example. You know, uh, let's say a, a team from Kansas City, you know, or or or, or from you know, somewhere in the Midwest comes to Southern California and plays, you know, our team. Yeah. You know, they get smashed on, but over in their hometown. Yeah, uh, they're the ones doing the smashing, right? Yep. So they, so so they, they have this false sense of uh, how good they are, right, in their local region. Yeah. And they come to us, and then we we smash them in the face, and they're like, "Whoa, there's a whole other world over here," you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not just us. A lot of SoCal teams, you know, just because of the, the demographics that we have, and yep. you know, a variety of factors with the Latino player and et cetera, et cetera. You know, they, they end up forming much stronger teams and much stronger players than, than you know, players you know, in the middle of the country or teams in the middle of the country or clubs in the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like at one level. And then from our own perspective, you know, in Southern California, we've been smashing everybody around the country, but that we can't allow that to give us a false sense of, the, of, of you know, superiority. We have to leave the country. So, and we did. We have left the country every year. Uh, multiple times per year throughout, you know, the, throughout the past ten years, Kev. Yeah. Uh, to see what's overseas, what's in Europe, what's in 
Mexico, what's in South America, uh, with their own teams and players. And it's eye-opening for, for a lot of uh, people because mm-hmm. you, you get a, a better flavor for what your competition truly is like at the global level uh, and, and how close or how far off you are to that. Yeah. So my, my, my advice and recommendation to everybody is, like the title of your podcast, right? Get out. Get out and go experience. You know, Get out, uh, plot, a, plot a trip to Europe for, for 10 days, for two weeks. And if you can stay longer, even better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, if you have an, and if you have an experienced guide or mentor uh, who can show you the ropes overseas and what it is that you should be focusing in on, you know, then that's, that, that's gold. Mm-hmm. If you can have that opportunity. Yep. Yep. That's what we're saying. That, you know, that's something that we, like you said, we've been preaching. And, and even when I saw you guys, when I first jumped on the podcast, uh, not the podcast, sorry, the blog that you guys are writing and then just seeing, uh, I remember one of the first, one of the first blogs I wrote, I think was the experience you guys had when your U10s or U11s went to go play in Barcelona. Do you, do you recall that one? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, and I remember just even reading it, you know, you felt you were there and just like, the, I think you even, I think you had some video with it as well, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a minute, but... Um, yeah, so, so, we've been, so we've been there many times, right? But okay. yeah, like in, in one of our trips, we actually recorded our game against uh, Barcelona, mm-hmm. the real Barcelona, actually on two of our trips. Yeah. And, you know, on, on both occasions... I don't know if you saw the whole match or whatever, but it was very competitive. You know, yep. we did very, very well, but in the end, you know, uh, they still are an edge ahead of us. You know, and, and we learn from that. Yep. Yep. No, I, I see it every time we bring groups here, and I, I think what two years ago we played Ajax. Uh, we played Ajax's O sixes, I think, and we had we had O six O five, and I even had help from like one or two O fours. And uh, we played four quarters because that's how they played it. They, they played this thing called twin games. And I remember the first quarter we did well, but it was still it was still so hard. I mean, I think we actually came out the first quarter up 1-0, which I don't care about the score or anything. It didn't matter about the score. Uh, it was competitive. By second, third, and fourth, it was done, you know. <laughs> and uh, I remember coming off the field and I was telling people, I said, guys, this is – I was like, this is the level. I was like, this is, you know, this is what it's about to experience it. Like, look at the speed of play, how they're thinking, the intensity, you know. I was like, this is what these, they're living this. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're living this. Um, uh, I remember one of my coaches, uh, uh, shout out, um, uh, that used to be with Joga, Omar Ismail. Uh, he was one of our coaches, but he tried, he, he really chased a pro career around the world. But um, I remember he went to Ajax one day and he said, man, he's like, it's just so competitive, man. He was watching the practices and he said, you know, there was a there was a session. There was a little white kid against this uh, 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 stronger African kid in practice and they were just going at it the whole time. And, um, you know, the, 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 the smaller white kids just fighting him for everything, like being aggressive, fighting him for everything. And he, he, that really stood out in his mind. And I was like, yeah, in the States, we... You know, we're telling we're we're trying to stop these kids from going at it. We're saying, oh, little Johnny's going against this guy, and isn't he too old, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like that mentality that's happening over there that these kids are living. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing that I see is like I don't think people are really living and then understanding like the level that's really out there. You know? Um, 
it's it's fierce, man. It's dog eat dog, and and over here everybody's you know, got training wheels on and and put the little bumpers, you know, on the corners of the furniture so the kid doesn't hit his head. And, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It, well, it's it's that, 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 that's kind of, that, that, that's the soccer culture we're living in over here. Yeah, they're making us soft. They're making us a, a little bit of pussies, man. They're making us soft, man. Yep. That's just you said it. They're making us soft because it, there's no way that we can go out and um, actually the group I had the group that had a, that went this summer with us the, a group of 2005 2006 is we played uh, FC Utrecht and you know it's it uh, their 2006s and they they just weren't calling you know they weren't calling fouls at that age I noticed in Holland they let it go they play you know um, that was the culture of the refereeing in Holland in in Belgium it was very uh, the ref, I don't know if it was some home cooking or whatever. If anybody touched anybody, it was a foul. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it was, it was interesting to adjust to that. But like at Utrecht, they like first half, they beat us the hell up. Like just everything from tactically everything. And then I remember I brought the boys in at halftime. I said, Hey, y'all got to stop being, y'all got to stop being pussy. Y'all got to stand up. We're Americans. We got to, you know, we have to show them who we are. And, and they really came back in the second, second part. But I really noticed like the speed of play that these kids experienced over that 10 days, it improved them. Uh, the intensity improved them, but then they get back home and their parents see it, that the speed of play is way slower. The players see it and they're like, man, like what am I doing back here? Kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, did, yeah, of course. like how did, actually that's kind of interesting. How did you guys feel when you played like Barcelona and other Spanish clubs and then you came back home? Like, what was that feeling like, like when you guys, like when you first came back, you know, from those type of trips? Uh, yeah, well, I think, you know, especially after the second trip, the third trip, the fourth trip, yeah. you know, the players just become so seasoned yeah. that you come back home and your opponents back home, it's like a cakewalk. It's like, not, it's a joke to them mm-hmm. at this point. It's like, and, and it kind of even hurts their level because they know they're going to end up winning anyways. So yeah. they don't go a hundred percent like they were going hundred percent overseas, but but yeah, man, every, everybody becomes more mature, you know, when you experience that elsewhere. Yeah, it, but but don't you don't you feel like you learn so much in those games? Like you obviously in those those games you play against Barca and whatnot, you you learn so much, right? And I guess going into like when we talk about we talked a little bit about pay, uh, players and parents going, but when we talk about the coaches, like. I, I remember you had a blog post. I think you said our coaches too, um, or, or something. You said our coaches need to have more competition and more meaningful games because then you know we start the, the coaches. The coaches become stale as well. Wouldn't you say that? Well, the coaches one hundred percent become stale if you don't get exposed to different styles of play and and you know different tactics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here in the U.S., everybody kind of. You know, plays the same, which is pick your eleven guys or nine guys from playing ninety nine or whatever, and and you know, then the players have to figure it out on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Overseas, it's not like that at all, man. Overseas, you know, every club or every coach has you know uh, some sort of identity and and tactical instruction mm-hmm. uh, with the players, and then you know, you you as a coach have to find solutions for that. You know, it's like, oh, crap, you know, they just midway through the game changed to 4-3-3. Now they have three midfielders, central midfielders, and I'm playing a 4-4-2. I have two uh, central midfielders. I'm outnumbered. That's why they're winning the middle of, of the field battle, mm-hmm. every, you know, every time. 
you have to be able to recognize those moments as to what the opposition is doing and adjust on the fly. And here in the U.S., you don't really get much of that. Mm. So, so yeah, man, if you can coach overseas, take your team or something, that's huge. Um, and, and if you don't have the opportunity, just go overseas and, and watch. Watch yep. and, and, and learn. Yep. And grind and grind. I mean, uh, we... I, I think we we're, we're talking about like coach. What what can coaches do? Like, hey, we can go grind and learn, but we don't have any world class coaches either. I mean, we're talking about the player pool. Um, you know, we don't have any world class coaches. So, I mean, what? How are we going to develop those, man? Like, really? Like, what are we going to do? Well, that's that's part of the problem, isn't it? You know. Uh, well, first off, I want to be a little bit careful, right? Okay. Well, actually, I shouldn't be careful. I, I shouldn't be careful. I was about to say, well, we don't know if we have world class coaches. It's just that, okay. You know, like our like like our players, you know, okay. we don't know if we have them. They okay. just don't come through our system, you know. Okay. I was gonna say that, but at the same time, like, no, I think it's accurate that we don't have world class players or coaches because you can't become world class until you actually do it. Yeah. And you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you're right. Uh, what's the solution? Jesus Christ, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Promotion relegation is the solution, but let's not get into that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's just talk about co- let's talk about coaching education. You're not you're not gonna uh, you know go to the next level, so to speak, uh, by staying in, in our country. I think you have to you have to leave. You have to have maybe some sort of internship overseas, or or I don't know some prolonged period of time overseas and regularly. Uh, to expose yourself to other things, but I, I, I honestly don't have that solution, Kev. Yeah. Because education isn't enough. You actually have to be a practitioner, you mm-hmm. know, and put the education to work, and in an environment that that forms you into somebody, uh, yeah, somebody remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just to echo that, I, it's just so important. I, I remember one of the, one of the best trips I ever had with a group was is when we went in two thousand fifteen. It's probably the the most talented group we brought uh, for one of our yoga trips. But I remember we played PSV Club Bruges, um, Utrecht, all on that trip. And I remember uh, myself and 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 James James Myers, who's, who's also um, who, who's a, a colleague who uh, who's on our Wanna Be Ballers podcast. Hey, shout out to James. James had to. Again, couldn't make it out for this one, but uh, hopefully be back for the next episode. But we learned so much about ourselves as coaches and about what they were doing and like talking, like even talking with the coaches and the things that they were trying to implement and do. And we just felt like refreshed. Right. It was just it was it went beyond winning. Like it it was um, like they wanted to win matches. It's not like they didn't want to win, but it's like how they won, how they developed players. Um, I remember we went to Utrecht and, and Utrecht was doing a thing where each player had a certain developmental goal within the game, each individual. And we were just like blown away. Like, oh, you guys are doing this in the game. Like, you know, it wasn't just uh, I mean, it was, it was their way to how they wanted to look at development. Um, we found that intriguing. Club Bruges was doing something totally different. Um, they were amazing. Uh, I thought they were very, very high. They were like the best group we played. PSV was doing something different. But like all of them were having these different, um, like you said, these identities. And, you know, that was like three years ago. And I remember we were just like, man, like if we could be, if we could create that kind of environment in the States, 
But I don't know. I, I just ah, it's it's so hard right now, you know. Um I think it's obviously gotten better, the level's gotten better throughout the country. But, you know, what what we're talking about being world class, I don't know. I don't know. Like I think the coaches I think some coaches gotta grow some balls. I think they gotta get out, man. Just my opinion. I mean, we got no, we, that's true. we got we got American owners now, man. We got American owners. We need some people to we need some some guys to kind of trailblaze that uh, because then you know it, it, it can it, it, everything is is about respect, you know. In my opinion, like if you got the world class coaches, world class players, you know that's what's going to lift up the level where. Just imagine we're talking about uh, uh, our player pool having no bodies. Like our coaching pool is below no bodies. <laughs> Would you say that? That's right. That's <laughs> like, right. Like you know, just imagine you go you go overseas and you say I'm a soccer coach. You know, I, I get that a lot. I get. I remember when we go to places like they look at you a little bit like uh, you know, it's like okay, let's see how these guys play kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I mean, our coaches got to yeah, do it. We talked we, we talk about it. Before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a little bit different for coaches than it is for players. Yeah, because for players, the market over in Europe is the market. Hey, sorry, man, you're breaking up a little bit. You hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. you hear me? Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's just a little windy over here, man. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, I, th- I thought no wind out in Southern California, man. I thought you guys had a nice and perfect, man. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's one of those days, man. No, I feel you. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I was saying the market for, for, you know, the economic market is there for players to go overseas because they can make 10 times what they make in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, if not more. But, but the market isn't there for coaches overseas. Yeah. Like, the market is in the United States. Because in the United States, you can actually make a living being, say, a youth soccer coach. Uh, you can make anywhere from 40K to, you know, six figures even. Yeah. Uh, if you work your way up and you know how to navigate the system. But, you know, going overseas, youth coaches make nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, practically, you know, a whole bunch of them are volunteers or on extremely low wages or, you know, obviously have their day job as you know, physical education teacher or educator, and then they do soccer on the side. You have to downgrade yourself economically. Um, and we can talk about opportunity all we want, yeah. but it may, it's also very difficult to get a job. You know, it's not a matter of just going over there and you're going to get a job as coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so so, 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 so it's very challenging, you know, that, 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 that pathway uh, for coaches to leave and, and apply their trade overseas, you know, for a year or two or three and then come back to the States. Uh, that pathway doesn't, isn't really mature and, and doesn't oh. really exist, to be honest with you. Yeah, but you know what? How about this? How about this, right? Like with anything, with anything that you, you, you listen to Gary Vee, right? Yeah, once in a while when I can. Once in a while, yeah. I, I like it when he talks about just the grind and like how people make it or whatever. Um, I'm looking at this, right? We want to be the top at it. You want to be the top at your craft, whatever that you want to do. So we're saying, hey, if you're a player, you have to, you know, you have to go. Um, you know, you gotta, you have to go for the experiences. You have to see how long you can stay or whatever. To me, as a coach, let let's say, I, I mean, I'm I'm older now, so you know, my family, I live over here. 
it's, it's, it's been easier for me to get over here because I'm, I'm married to someone who's European, which is great. But let's say uh, let's say we're talking to the young coaches right now, Gary. Right. Somebody who's like 22, 23, young or whatever. If I'm if, if I'm looking back at that, I'm like saying, OK, all right. Man United's owned by Americans, Liverpool owned by Americans, Arsenal owned by Americans. Uh, um, uh, I think Twa, uh, Steve Nash's club, all them out there. If I'm a young, hungry cat, right, and I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm talking to somebody or this hits somebody. If I'm a young, hungry cat, I hit them, I hit those guys up, and I just try to get over, and I just try to get in any way that I can, and I just start from the bottom and I hustle my way up. Wouldn't that be kind of like the the mindset that we need? Like, I think we need guys like that. There has to be somebody out there who's like that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, where's our Jose Mourinho? Like, people always say he was a translator for Barca, all that stuff. But like, look at look at his lineage. Like, look how he rose up, you know, into where he is right now. You know, like, where's that guy? Where's those guys? You know. I do, I do, man. No, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, uh, yeah, I agree that the younger the better, right? Because imagine you have a family already. Like, yeah. Really? You're going to uproot your family to go over there and volunteer? You know what I'm saying? And you, nah, and you yeah. just can't leave your family. You can't. You but, can't. Uh, you can't. Yeah. But, yeah, the younger the better. Um, no, and, and I don't know. It's, it's just challenging, dude, because you're talking about Gary V, right? And yeah. And the grind, the hustle, and the build your own path and stuff. But, you know, he's talking to one of the entrepreneurs, right? True. And, and, the yeah. pay, and, the, and the payoff, the payoff uh, for success there is is significant you know what i mean yeah. like economically speaking mm-hmm. you know, what what is the what is the payoff for you know uh, a soccer coach you know unless you get to the first division mm-hmm. you know you're not making you're not making cheddar yeah so man we got i mean we got to we got to start figuring these things out though man to me to me if there's a problem there you're always going to face resistance right always some kind of obstacle or whatever but, and, but 100% could experience though you know yeah uh, you know two weeks three weeks a month you know and do it maybe every year or however often you can manage to, to get your ass open um i think that's a requirement yeah it's a requirement isn't it? yeah hey hey and like I, I tell i'll tell i tell coaches i tell people all the time man hey now that i live over here come over man if you're ever running through holland and, and i'm in town come through you know what i'm saying like we can go visit clubs, you know, Ajax. Oh, hey, you hear me? Yeah. I was saying Ajax, uh, PSV, all this. Sorry, let me see if Gary's still on. You, you with me, man? Yeah, yeah. I just got back. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. I lost either. No, no worries, no worries. But no, I was just telling people, like, you know, clubs like uh, Ajax, Ajax many times. Uh, you can go watch the games on the weekends or... Or, you know, there's just clubs up and down the country. You can go to amateur clubs, check out that. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, if there's anybody who's a hustler out there who's really trying to make a difference, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we, we just need that. Like, we just got to start opening up these pathways. I'm going to try to do as much as I can to, to try to help people uh, uh, get their pathways in, you know, with anybody. But, you know, I would say for myself, man, like, in 2006, when I went on trial... Uh, in Holland, you know, I didn't make it, but like I opened up doors for myself because I was like, you know, nobody knows me, but hell, I, you know, if I meet somebody, I'm just going to meet them and then I'm going to take it from there. 
you know, so I've been able to kind of meet people within the game that have, uh, you know, it was crazy. Like last year, uh, the assistant coach for, for Barcelona, uh, not Barcelona, sorry, for Borussia Dortmund ended up being Albert Capellas. I met him on a trip to Denmark, you know, just going out there and, and he was at Bromby and, and, you know, this guy's close to Dirty Cryf and all these other people. And I was like, you know, he knows Pap, all the big dogs and all that. And I'm just like, man, but you know, just taking the risk and just going out and meeting people and, and trying to network and whatnot. Like, that's really what we, we, we need more and more people doing that. And then we just need to connect these things and just build, man. You know, you know, that's that's just I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm just saying, like, we all just got to get on the ground because, I mean, really and truly, we got to tap into uh, whether people believe it's true or not. But like that American spirit or that American mindset that we're the best. Right. But like be the best really in reality, like really grind and hustle our way to the top. You know, I I feel we got a defeatist attitude right now. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? No, I I, I agree with you. I, I just think none of people are, are wanting to sacrifice, right, to get better. Yeah. So, you, so I mean, what do we? I mean, so what do you think we're doing though, man? I mean, what do what do you, what do you what do you what do you foresee in the next like five years with U.S. soccer? Like, what's your five year outlook if you if you if you had one? Not saying not not asking you to be Nostradamus or nothing, but. What do you see? Same old, same old. What? What do you think? Hello, Gary. Hey, Gary, you here? You here? One second. Hey, Gary, you you get that? Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Did you hear that last part I said? I think I think I heard like what do I see in the next five years something like that. Yeah, yeah. What do you see in the next five years with U.S. soccer? In your opinion, man. Uh, I see more of the same shit. Uh, I think I think the progress is 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 going to come from uh, individual people within the game in the U.S. Uh, I think they're the ones who are going to be making a difference. That's going to improve everything. But I, I don't expect you know. Uh, our leadership in, in in established American soccer to to do what's required to improve, you know, our clubs, our players, or, or our coaches. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, it's gonna be it's gonna be up to us, man. It's gonna be up to to guys like you uh, trying to do something that that fits the global model. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we that's well. it. That's it. <laughs> no, nah, baby. Well, you know, you know, just trying to talk. I mean, you know, I I get it. Just and you probably get it a lot too, Gary. People people want people want more, but they just don't know which way to go. So it's kind of like trying to like having these discussions. I think is is very important. But from them, from then, for me, I'm like, I just want the discussions to start leading to like yeah. viable well, solutions. Know, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't. Well, they don't know where to go, Cap, because. We have poor leadership in American soccer. That's why, mm. you know, and 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 that that's kind of getting to my point where it's going to take guys like you and hopefully myself and and other other people to to lead our own little groups. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and help guide our own little groups because I, I don't see it coming from the top, dude. Yeah, it's just the reality. Yeah, and and people don't like to hear that again because we're soft. <laughs> 
oh mm. my god why are you saying such things why aren't you an optimist or it has nothing to do with optimism pessimism i'm very optimistic yeah you know about the things that that i'm doing about the things that you're doing about the things that hard-working people pursuing excellence are doing i'm optimistic it's just you know when it comes to 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 you know wh- who our leaders have been and currently are you know you just see a track record you know, lasting 5, 10, 15, 30 years into the past, and it's still the same group of people, like, come on, you know, fool me once, you know, fool me twice, like, after a while, you get to see what they're about, and and it's just the reality, man, nothing's going to change from that end, it's, it's up to us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one nation, one real, team. Dude. You, you, you want real, I give you real. Yeah, yeah, you're right, I mean, you're right, I mean, that's what we want, I mean, um... Yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's a, it, it, like when I talk to coaches and people over there, you know, the, the things I see them, uh, the challenges that I see them have, and, and the same issues. Uh, I get you, man. Our leadership is it's not it's not taking us forward right now, and I think people are, are hungry to go forward, and and we're we just live in a time now where we could accelerate this bad boy so fast. Like in ten years, we could be like amazing, and 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 there's good players. Like you know, I. I've heard European coaches go over and say, man, the, the talent in America is amazing, you know, especially when they're talking about, I think, like, U12 and under, I think they're really impressed uh, from some of the individuals that they see uh, when they go over. Like, I've, I've heard that, you know, so, um, 100%. you know, so it's like, how do we translate that, that U12 from U12 up? That's probably the biggest, uh, biggest challenge for us right now, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, man. But you're you're part of the solution, dude. You're forming a, a, a pipeline overseas to whoever's interested. So that's part of it. Oh no, man! Like, like but you know, hey, I, hey, three four three just really. I mean, you guys helped put us on, like even the, giving us a platform to talk, and then and then man, just showing the way with a lot of things. You know, I just. Yeah, I mean, I asked about what you thought five years of soccer with, uh, uh, what do you feel five years for U.S. soccer? But what, what's happening in the next five years for 343, man? Where, where are you guys taking us to, man? You know, you, you guys got to keep growing this and growing and showing us the way, man. What's going on? No, our, well, our mission is, is to provide a cradle-to-grave solution, right? So what that means is have a solution in place for, for a player's trajectory, you know, from very, very young, uh, up to and through their professional careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and also help, you know, people who are supporting that player along the way. So, for instance, if we're talking about youth, then, then parents need to be assisted as well. So we want to have the whole solution, dude, not just the coaching education component, but, you know, the player, individual player education component, uh, personal training component, the pickup play component, the education components, the mm. player components, uh, career management component, finance management component. I mean, you can see how big my, <laughs> my yeah. job is <laughs> or, what, or what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you know, eventually form, you know, the way I see 343, it's already a club. Okay. Who are members. Uh, who are all kind of uh, pushing in the same direction and identify with us to a certain extent and feel attached to us. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what a club is all about. You know, So the only thing we need is to tag on you know, a team yep. or, or two or 
a dozen teams to to make it a full fledged like soccer sort of uh, club that we all know have come to know you know since birth. But uh, Gary, you know I've been hollering at you this uh, hollering at you about this for years, man. When are we gonna do something in Europe, man? I've been hollering at you about okay, it. Okay, well, well, <laughs> if I can put it together, get, get, get a club started, and then Brian will call the coach, and I'll have you all and there we go. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Hey, hey, I, hey. When it's put together, man, I hope you're all ready. Let's let's go, you know. I, I, I'm down. Yeah, I mean that's 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 just the mindset to me, man. Let's go out and like let's challenge the world, you know. Let's uh, that that's what that's really what it's about, you know. We get one shot at this bad boy and and let's go for it, you know. Instead of uh, you know, you, to me, U.S. Soccer's is you know they they got their gatekeepers, which is fine. Everything has a gatekeeper, um, but. Let's let's go out and build something significant. Let's go out there and, and give and give players a chance. That's what it's about. So, nah, man. Um, yeah. So with that being said, man, I don't know. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? I mean, uh, is there anything else you wanted to hit up? Uh, we're almost close to an hour now. No, we're good, man. We can, we can cut it there. I, I want to thank you again, dude, for for letting me mind uh, a little bit. You know, hopefully. It's been of some value to whoever listens, uh, and and let's do it again, Kev. You know, because obviously we can go off for hours. So so maybe we have episode two at some point. Oh yeah, man, definitely, definitely, man. Hey, I'm 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 glad we we're able to get you on, man. I, you you've always put put us up on a platform, but hey, man, telling people on the real like three four three is 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 been is is the first lead rebel, I would say. Uh, they're they're the ones who really I I feel really brought a lot of this together. The community that you see probably on on Twitter and and throughout the online, uh, and and then how they help people, uh, with their soccer programs and and players and whatnot. Uh, to me, it's second to none. I, I haven't seen anybody come close. So, no, nah, thank you, Gary, for 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 the time, man, and and really intrigued to see how you guys uh push on in the next few years. Thanks, homie. I'll talk to you later then. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. See ya. All right, man. Have a good one. Bye. All right. So uh, that concludes uh, episode uh, 5.1 of Get Out. Uh, it was, you know, really, really excited to have uh, Gary on to talk. Um Sorry if we seemed a little bit rushed. Uh, yesterday we were able to have a little bit more time and kind of go through some things, but like I said, SoundCloud messed us up. But hopefully we we're able to give you guys some insight to how we think uh, and how we talk. You know, um, and and just uh, just to let you know, me and Gary like what well, we've known each other digitally for like what for the past like eight years, and and we and we talk like periodically, but you know we have similar sentiments and, and feelings about what's going on in this game, and and like you know we want to achieve something. That's why you know it's 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 the the it's it's not coming from a place of hate or that we or that we wish U.S. soccer bad. It's just that we really want to achieve something. We want to leave legacy, you know. And so when you want to leave legacy and you want to achieve something, it's just very it's it's very important that you know you get passionate people that uh people around you and that you you know 
people that want to really achieve something. And I think, you know, with what we did with Joga, I know with James and when I had James Myers and Omar Ismail, a part of what we were doing, we were trying to leave legacy, you know, because it's more than just, uh, you know, playing a game and, and, and whatnot. We wanted people to really feel our passion for the game and our passion for really developing their kids and, and helping them go to the highest level. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, while we're saying get out, um, and, and let me just say a quick segment. When I got back from Europe back in 2007, 2008, um, actually, I stayed in the States for like eight, nine months, got the itch again, went on trial to Belgium, went to this club called Lomo, which was at the second division in Belgium. Then I went to some other trials or whatnot. When I finally said I was okay, I'm going to stop playing and I'm going to come back and coach. I took all the energy that I had from playing and the desire to try to make it pro. I put that into my coaching. I put that into uh, my daily grind. Like, yo, I want to be the best. Like, I would tell our kids, I was like, hey, we want to be the best in the world. Like, we, we would talk to them like that. And we had kids, like, at five and six years old, we would play soccer every day. Every day for two or three hours. Every day. And I remember everybody thought we were insane. We were insane. We were insane. Um but over the years of doing that, we've been able to kind of get these players that have stayed true to it opportunities, and some of them have moved over. Some of them have have uh, are now chasing the top level, and and they're giving it a shot. And and every parent that I talked to that that kind of went through the program that really saw it for what it is, uh, they can tell you like our passion for this and, and why we're trying to, to get them to that level is not for us, it's for them, you know, and it's it's for it's really to, to for them to say, hey, you know, you tried it, you know, and you had an experience, you had something in life. Like no no one could take those years when I went on trial to Holland, no one could take that away from me. Even though I didn't make it, I was a failure. Like I'm a big nobody. So this isn't to 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 hit at anybody. But no one could take that experience away from me and what I learned and how much it meant to me in my life. And so that's why I think really, uh, really and truly, if, if you're a player and you're listening to this and you're trying to grind and you're trying to make it, or you're a coach and you really want to change the game in the U.S., or you're a parent trying to find something for your kid, you know, if you can, find mentors, find people that are really passionate about what they do. Uh, stick to those people, cling to those people, support those people. Don't just believe, uh, just don't go with everything. It's not about playing in the biggest club with the fanciest clothes and all that stuff. It's about, it's about being around people who are real, who really care about your kids, who really want to see them go to the next level. And if, uh, you find somebody like that, you're truly blessed. You're truly blessed. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. So, um, Hey, shout out to everyone really spending time. Hey, I just want to thank everybody really for, um, for starting to support our podcast, you know, uh, myself and James Myers, um, really shout out to everybody. Uh, really thank you. We appreciate the the listeners. Please give us feedback. Like I said, we want to be challenged. We won't, we won't take it personal. You know what I'm saying? Give us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're feeling, positive or negative. It's all good. Hey, it's, uh, almost 1230 out here at night, man. I got to hit the bed. I got three kids. I got to wake up too here soon. So anyway, hey, God bless. Thank you guys. And uh, talk to y'all soon.
All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed that dose of real talk with Kevin Fuller and Gary Kleiben. And I hope that you leave that conversation with a little bit more understanding of why things are the, the way that they are in the American soccer market and the global soccer market. I think it's very valuable for us to you know, get that little insight from people with extensive working knowledge of those situations. So if you want more information about that type of stuff, that that world, well, of course, you can find it on 343coaching.com. Gary's been writing about it for years and years and years. Uh, but you can also follow Kefren's work on his podcast and on his platforms. Everything is linked in the write-up of this podcast on 343coaching.com. So if you want to go visit there, you can find all of that. And that is also where you can find information about how you can help to support and fund this podcast. I'm talking specifically about the 343 Coaching Education programs. To talk a little bit about his experience with one of our online programs, here is a testimonial from Tom Beyer. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student and as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I like about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, you can find all of that information by visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right, we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.